Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Linux Cast. I'm your host today, Tyler. I'm Josh. And I'm um, uh, Steve. <laughs> Steve's going to be promoting some stuff hardcore throughout the stream. Welcome, everybody. Uh, this is the live version. The uh, edited version, everything will actually be up on Matt's channel. So if you want to wait to watch that for whatever reason, or you're watching this afterwards and you'd like to see the edited version because, you know, it's got timestamps and nice stuff like that in it, head on over to Matt's channel. Hopefully it'll be up by the time you're watching this. Maybe, maybe not. He's sick. So, you know, give him some headway. And uh, yeah, we're going to go ahead and get started with today's fun little stream. So we've got, we're going to do our normal stuff, go through our you know, normal news articles, and then we'll get to the info, information stuff, move on by, past that, do some more stuff, get to our thingies of the week, hopefully. Um, there's no time constraints on this, and I will not be guiding us towards the end of the podcast like Matt normally does, so fingers crossed, buckle up, this is going to be a long ride. All right, so what's our first news article of the day? Uh, I guess uh, I guess we'll go with Steve leading us off. So what's what's your news article that you want to start off with? I want to start off. Okay. Uh, my first news article, you caught me off guard, is KDE delivers more Wayland fixes and Plasma 6.0 changes. Of course, it's going to be KDE news from the KDE Super Sim. Mm -hmm. uh, well, uh uh, uh, they they are fixing a lot of things. I need to reopen the freaking article. Uh, I let's see here. It has come down to the good old-fashioned bullet points on Pharonix here is what I'm reading. Uh, ARC, the archiving program, uh, added more features because, you know, more features to go with features on, on KDE Plasma is always a good thing. Uh, several UI enhancements to make Elisa hopefully a good music player, which it is still not. Uh, Ocular Document Viewer has a has a brand new default toolbar layout because standards. Uh, Plasma 6.0 will expose global actions for system restart and shutdown via key binding. So we have some implementation of global key bindings on a Wayland session. Uh, improved error reporting when importing uh, VPN configurations because you know sometimes you don't want to troubleshoot your open VPN connection. Uh, KDE and that's Discover, been a, that's been an issue for a lot of people. Yeah, KDE wow. Discover will actually tell you how uh, its download progress for flat packs, which is amazing. No, it's uh, showing the uh, the actual because the issue currently with Discover is when you download flat packs, it will show you uh, a quick. It will go from zero to one hundred, but the package is not actually downloaded. It still needs time to download it. So it stays at 100% until the package is actually downloaded. I've been through that, and I that's why I don't use Discover. And another re uh, issue with Discover that they really need to figure out uh, that Nicolo talked about recently is the fact that uh, the reason, uh, uh, because Matt talked about it and he reacted to Matt's uh, video uh, where Matt complained about Discover being slow, the reason the Discover is slow because is because they in, integrated the, uh, the the KDE store in it within it to update the uh, widgets and uh, themes that you get from the KDE store. But because the store is continuously having issues on the back end, it causes Discover to to hang and stall uh, and sometimes crash. So they need to freaking even if they have to 
in my opinion, even if they have to remove the goddamn uh, 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 KDE store from it, remove it, make Discover uh, responsive and stop hanging. Uh, create a separate store if you have to for the widgets and whatnot for KDE store instead of keeping it hidden within settings. Not a lot of people uh, look deep within settings to figure out where uh, the, the, they where to get widgets and stuff. Either separate or fix the goddamn store. We uh, it, this the issue with the with the KDE store.org uh, ha- has existed for over three years. It's actually existed well over way years. back in the day because it's still using the yeah, old Pling so. store front end. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so they need to g- g- fix it, get a new host, get s- dedicated servers. I don't know what you do. Just stop with your uh, with this uh, with this uh, shitty backend. Uh, it's been you've been putting it on the back burner for long enough. Uh, and then uh, for keyboards w- with an emoji key hitting uh, uh, what? Hitting, uh, hitting it will now open KDE's emoji picker now. Well, yeah, hello. <laughs> Thank you. Like, you. <laughs> like it, it should have been the case like a while ago. Uh, fixing the way GTK apps, uh, the way GTK apps scale themselves within the Plasma Wayland session. Yeah, more Wayland fixes. I cannot talk a lot about Wayland because uh, NVIDIA <clears throat> don't use. It. Uh, Plasma no longer quits, crashes when uh, when an app uh, sends a window uh, uh, title that's too long under Plasma Wayland session. Yes, uh, uh, this was mentioned by one of my users earlier t- today, I guess. Uh, he tried Wayland. He installed Wayland on Zero Linux, he enabled Wayland on Zero Linux. He logged into Wayland and he's got window because he uses uh, his language. I forgot what language it was. Some titles were much longer it was causing windows to crash mm. he reported it today on my github so uh, this is something good to see uh screen recording and task manager thumbnails now work properly for nvidia gpus with the proprietary drivers on wayland that alone to me is the biggest part of the whole article yeah we we definitely need to start seeing more uh bullet points on these kind of articles hitting the nvidia gpu section when it comes to wayland like that's <laughs> but they put it at the end i know i know which end. is wild like the biggest point like hey it works been done on this NVIDIA. is the biggest one i yeah. think it's fine because my gpu right now works better on wayland than it does xorg <laughs> <laughs> oh by the way josh josh since you, you are uh, the only one well since you are you uh, it's normal that you're the only one who has the Arc GPU. Yeah. Yeah. So we, uh, me, uh, and many other distros uh, decided to remove the uh, XF86 video Intel because a lot of people with the Arc GPU told me that GPU, that driver has been deprecated for a long time. It's all baked into the kernel now. Actually, yes. Mesa. actually keep it installed. Well, you should keep it installed Why? for older Intel, like... Um, what is it? Older well, Intel you... iGPUs. So what that pulls in is the old i915 driver, which the i9, which the Arc GPU does actually make callbacks to the i915 driver for you know stuff like but the they, quick yeah, the I quick sync encoder. Badly about the i915. Uh, they they in the article it was something along the lines of i195 is causing crashes and what have you. Yeah. So I'm... a lot of distros started removing the Intel XF86 video driver from their distros i decided to remove it as well 
but I told users if you need it, you can manually. Call yeah, that and uh, older X applications will actually talk to to uh, the uh, and to the uh, XF86 and Intel driver uh, purely for like legacy library calls and stuff too. So it's actually not. So basically, uh, that driver is still required for some legacy. Yeah, it, it's required for your old-fashioned XOR game. It, uh, applications. I don't think uh, any. Oh, okay. I think X, it's purely Xorg that's still making the calls. It's nothing like the application itself. So stuff like DWM, uh, DWM doesn't make any calls de dedicated to the GPU itself. It's handling that through through an Xorg library, which th which is what talks with the video driver. No, that, so, that's why that's no, why those still, drivers still... start off with X because they are directly related to X. Yep. Yeah, uh, and. Uh, the only ones I include on the Zero Linux ISO are the uh, the virtual ones, the virtual virtual machine ones, and uh, that's it. Uh, everything else is offered via the tool. But, and I'm glad. Uh, should I reintroduce? Oh, no, go ahead. Should I reintroduce the ability to install the Intel driver? Yes. Uh, it yes. should be there. Yeah. I think. Okay, I'll re I'll, I'll re if, it. If it if does start causing good. crashes, then you can remove. But I'll be honest with you, I'm using it just fine. <laughs> and Josh and Josh is drinking out of the Zero Linux cup. Thank you. Well, uh, so actually, I'm glad that we started off on this article because it did remind me of what we skipped, and that would be what we did this week in Linux. So, uh, <laughs> I, just because in chat, I've already seen quite a few people ask ask because I am back on Linux. Um, so I'll go ahead and start off, and then we'll go clockwise so josh and then steam yeah. uh but so what i did this week in linux is i finally not finally but i got off of windows uh the the fact that like the power mafia in microsoft is still super fucking strong like no matter what you do you're not allowed to not have your computer go to sleep like windows <laughs> will not respect your never selection no matter what i even edited registry files that bitch still goes to sleep and kills all your applications, which is just... Well, actually, I did find a way around that. You just constantly have to have a game running in the background, which, for me, and my addiction to Project Sombra... Not a problem. Not, yeah, it's not, <laughs> it's not hard. I can do that. But So, um, I, I did go ahead and switch off, mainly because I, I really just wanted to find a Linux distro that was, like, very focused on stability, but also, at the same time, Zero G. It was like very crap. well. No, it was very polished. Like I just wanted yeah. everything the, to match. Does uh, a high does high does a high display rate uh, uh, rendering properly? You know. Yeah, high DPI yeah. No, yeah, rendering high DPI is kind of like actual important. good high DPI support. <laughs> yes, that zero G zero G no, zero G no no, no it's <laughs> no. Um, and it's not because it's zero G, it's because it's GNOME. Uh, GNOME does, does not treat my ultra wide properly at all. Does not, there's a whole bunch of stuff that GNOME doesn't do right. And also still you. to this day, it's not a completely cohesive experience, which it's much better than KDE, Thank you. but still is not. Cohesive. And on the bright side, as long as you're using the applications intended for your desktop environment, it actually looks beautiful. The yeah. problem is that uh, the, you only have a selection of about 30 applications to pick from. <laughs> yeah. Now, so I tried out elementary OS, which I've picked on in the past uh, for being a new user-focused distro and it just not being that great. Um, it's fucking phenomenal 
Uh, they've changed a lot since the last time I checked them out. It's great. High DPI dis- display support is phenomenal. Um, uh, it's making use of my ultra wide. Very good. Um, it's not perfect, but it is surprisingly good. It's very, very close to Windows. Uh, if anyone who's on the elementary dev team ever wants to like fix it completely, talk to me. Uh, we, we can do that. Uh, I'll tell you exactly what needs to happen and what's not happening on a vertical ultra wide. I got you. Um, but yeah, like it's, it's been phenomenal. I have really, really enjoyed elementary OS and it is polished throughout. Like the, the amount of work that's gone on with Pantheon is insane. Like it's it's really good. Now it's not customizable it's at gnome. all. At all, it's not even which gnome. I don't have a problem. It, with. It's a gnome down. It's gnome. Fork. Well, it yes, but it doesn't. Like the problem is, is like when you use it, it doesn't feel anything like gnome at all. Like it's totally different. But that's that's what I've been doing this week, and that's why I'm back on Linux. Uh, Josh, what you been up to? Uh, so, uh, last week, my venerable 5700 XT died. Uh, the, the one GPU that has served me very well the past four and a half years. Uh, it's done everything from crypto mining to Plex transcoding. Uh, and I think it finally decided to burn up and die in a pit of fire in, in the wonderful clouds of the blue smoke when three of the, when three of the capacitors blew up on it. Oh, fun, fun. Yeah. And I'm sure so, that doesn't have anything to do with the mining that was happening on it. Like, it, it sure yeah. doesn't. But, you know, yeah. uh, we back when we were mining mining on it, we were not undervolting it like we were supposed to. We were overvolting it you know, <laughs> just to get more mining performance. Yeah, so never never, never mind about the fact that we do anything reasonable with our hardware. But uh, anyways, since then, I have, I have gone all in. Uh, I am running a 100% pure Intel stack from top to bottom. CPU and GPU these days, uh, as because you know the Linux 6.2 kernel came out. Unfortunately, six, uh, the Linux 6.2 kernel does not exist for Debian, and uh, the Linux kernel does not ship Intel Arc drivers. Who yep. knew? <laughs> yep. So uh, that that was a complete disaster, and of course I failed the I failed the distro challenge, so I had to go and buy Matt's stake at some point this summer, but. Anyways, as a result, I decided, you know what, let's install Arch Linux, and then Arch Linux, wonderful distribution, works flawlessly, no problem whatsoever, not the fact that I actually had to dial up the network administrator at my ISP just to set up a dedicated packaging mirror for me. (laughs) 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 Uh, uh, And then then it stopped. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, I just ran, you know, a yay tech SYU running something like 60 plus, uh, rather critical AUR packages. And of course, the whole operating system broke. So I installed zero G, which, you know, I had this really old ISO for zero G. I ran an update, broke grub. Oh no, the terror. So it's just like, okay, so then I had to blow up, blow up zero G. And then it's just like, tell you what, we're just going to take the time to figure out like all this wonderful tooling that, uh, Steve uses for, for his distro. We, we created our own. A fork of zero Linux. We're going to, we call it Hype Zero because we're not using Hyperland. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but just to let you know, just to let you know, Steve, your mirror works a lot more reliably than any other Arch mirror that I've actually experimented with besides my ISP's dedicated uh, package mirror. <laughs> just to let you know. Oh, cool. <laughs> GitLab actually and works. Those were generated, and those were generated from Lebanon. Yep. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, w- Right now, we are currently running our own fork of 
of uh, Zero Lutex. It is not actually Zero G. There is no fancy theme work. It is literally just Bonestock GNOME with no actual applications besides GNOME applications because GNOME is king. <laughs> All right. Steve, what you been up to? Hopefully not jumping through hoops like that. No, no, definitely not. I was just uh, trying to get Calamaris to look as awesome as it ended up uh, for all the people who downloaded the latest uh, release, which which were, which went online last night. Uh, well, uh, Calamaris looks better than it ever did, and thanks to the to the to the guys over at Corizo uh, Telegram channel, uh, they helped me a lot. Uh, I ported it to 3.3 alpha. But it's, I don't consider it alpha, uh, alpha quality. I consider it more like RC quality because it's been in alpha to stay, uh, for like a year. But I've been tinkering with Calamares a lot and uh, working on uh, uh, with someone from uh, Mastodon uh, on the new Zero Linux 2. I was supposed to ship it with the new release, but due to uh, work and hectic work and stuff on his end, he wasn't able to finish it. So I'm going to release it as, a, as an update soon. Uh, but other than that, I was uh, 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 doing something that we're going to talk about at the end when we reach our thingy of the week, because it's going to be hilarious. So buckle up, people. All right. Okay, so let's get back to the articles, because I'm sure we're going to take plenty of time with all of these. Uh, Josh, what's your article of the week? Oh, my article is a spicy one. Uh, Docker apologizes, uh, but they're still going to force you to pay up uh, if you're in an open source team. So anyways, uh, Docker is, you know, a, a buzz phrase that's been going around in industry and all that. And, uh, you know, everybody loves Docker. Everybody loves pulling things from Docker. But unfortunately, the Docker hub itself needs to monetize. And uh, they've badly needed to monetize since 2017. They're they're. Docker's finances are something else if you ever want to go down a rabbit hole. But anyways, what's going on is that Docker put out an announcement about three or four days ago saying that uh, any or any team or organization is going to need to start paying for the for a subscription. That way, Docker will actually host their projects on Docker Hub. Uh, the the cheapest four hundred twenty dollars, I think, four hundred seventy dollars. Uh, it is sixty dollars a year. Per project, basically, Ooh, if you're if you're in like a full team, is three hundred. If you're a proper business making profits and all that stuff, it's fourteen hundred or something like that. But anyways, uh, so because they did a wonderful miscommunication, even even up to this article, uh, basically they're saying that uh, yeah, we're, we came out with this program saying that hey, if you're an open source project that's that's operating as a team, you can uh. You can. I need to learn how to talk. Give me a second. <laughs> Don't worry. I'm right. I'm right. This is gonna be one of those days. As soon as my article yeah. comes up, I'm gonna do the same thing. But anyways, uh, Doc Docker came out and said, okay, so you can sign up for like this sponsorship thing where we'll where you can still use a team account and still publish your thing, uh, and people have sent in emails asking for. Uh, access to the sponsorship thing, of which they've gotten no replies. 
and uh, all of their third party, all of their official communications are being dealt with through Twitter and GitHub issues, which you know is a great, fantastic resource to do anything but make a blog post on Docker on Docker Hub's website, like they should, to address all these concerns. Dude, but if anyways, I'm having to get customer support through Twitter, fuck that, I'm done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ne- never at Team YouTube for anything is just a waste. Yeah, <laughs> but. Uh, but Anyways, uh, this doesn't affect just Docker. This will also affect Podman because this is a container registry host. This is the repository you're pulling your containers from. So realistically, the only solution right now is to stop posting your your projects on the Docker hub and instead either self-host or find another register to uh, pull your Docker containers from. Uh, I know the Linux server IO team actually has their own repository that they're going to be posting all their containers to. And, uh, that's really about the only group that I really know of. Thankfully, a lot of the, uh, self-hosted applications that you're pulling from the Docker hub are actually not team managed, but they're actually individually managed for, which for that basically means, uh, means that uh, if you're posting your Docker container as an individual rather than a team, it's actually free of charge. Yeah, I'm 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 interested to see uh, how Docker does financially in the future because you are right. If no one's checked out Docker's financials, it's fun. Check <laughs> yeah, it out. It's, like, it's a lot of fun. It's a wonder that they Am can I the only one manage. here that doesn't has never used Docker or got interested with Docker or needed Docker? Your well, website's hosted on Docker. Yeah. What? Your website's Your website? hosted on Docker. Yeah, it's hosted on Docker. It, what? What? What does that mean? I, I don't know what you mean. Well, it, My, it, it it's hosted through a Docker container, which most uh, most are. I mean most. Most VPNs are using essentially Docker for, or not VPNs, uh, VPSs for very basic stuff. Like you know, that's what a lot of people use. It's just a doc. It's essentially a Docker container if it's not literally a Docker container. No, it's a, it's a regular web host with cPanel. Yeah, uh, cPanel only distributes their software through a Docker container these days. So when you oh, load up the cPanel interface, you're that, connected so. <laughs> to a Docker container to be able to host that. I learned something new today. Okay, you're welcome. Cool. No, I mean that doesn't mean you're like getting into the nitty gritty of Docker, but still, like Docker is one of those things where like even if you don't make use of it, you probably, especially if you're hosting stuff or doing stuff on the internet, you, you're probably making use of Docker in places where you're not directly having. So, to. Uh, if it's a VPS, if it's a VPS, most probably they're using. There's Docker like a ninety. There's like a ninety-nine percent chance, unless it's some old school. St- shop that's still using bsd for all their servers yeah or even even if they're not using docker they're using a docker-like solution probably proprietary or something this is how this is how they uh they distribute on a mass scale yeah 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 docker makes it very easy yeah it's uh reproducible that's what it is yeah and you can clone and stuff like that yeah yeah so oh by the way should i do this update uh, it's got Elsa. Probably not. Elsa topology in the in the name. Probably not. So it's Pro- something to do with Elsa. Just, just probably not. <laughs> probably should not update your system at uh you know uh podcast. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So for no, because Pamac has been nagging me in the tray, telling me there are updates. Yeah. So I'm like that, staring at it. That okay, bitch can wait. Trust me, that bitch can wait. 
All right, so okay. for my article this week, I've got NordVPN has open-sourced its Linux VPN client and libraries. So that just means that today we can talk about our sponsor, NordVPN. No, I'm just kidding. All right. No, we're not, we're not going there. All right. So I was about to say, you better not start a VPN segment because, you know, I will rage at you. Hey, hey, <laughs> come on. Like, we, we got to get money somehow. Especially and I mean, Nord. It, look, look, if the FBI... Can, can, I, can I ask a question? Yeah, yes. What's that? What is a VPN? You don't know what okay. a VPN is? Seriously? So, realistically... Never used one, so... Realistically, this is how a VPN works. Have you ever heard of, like, a proxy before, right? Where basically yes, you just bouncing your internet traffic. In, the, in UAE, they use a proxy. Yeah, a yeah. VPN is literally just a proxy, except that you're sending all your traffic through the one pipe. Yeah. Uh, basically, all you're doesn't doing... It blow, doesn't it blow up? No. No, no. So, like, uh, uh, like the most basic version of it... No need to explain. I was just kidding. <laughs> well, that's why I said, are you serious? And you said, yes. Like, there are people out there I who don't... You, I wanted you to see if you're going to believe it or not. Like, oh, jeez. Virtual private networks. I know what it is. Okay. I'm glad somebody yeah. does. But Especially I don't use Lebanon, it because... I figured that you would know exactly what that is. Yeah. I mean... Everybody uses it here, but I don't understand. I tried to use it once, and it slowed down the internet traffic uh, maybe 100,000-fold. Yes. It will slow down your traffic, depending on where you're connecting to. And my connection is slow already, so yeah. why would I need one? <laughs> well, you would need one when your country cares about uh, piracy. That's that's when they come real in handy. Which but, my country doesn't. Yeah, but people yeah. use it mostly for something called Flixnet, Netflix. Something yeah, try like. to get oh, that yeah. American Netflix or something like that. Uh, actually, Japanese yeah. Netflix, to my understanding, is actually really awesome and I should uh, try connecting to Japan and. Well, I mean, I've connected to Canada to get some you'll shows. You'll be watching <laughs> a lot of anime. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so well, some, something like Japanese reality TV. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. So, for those who do understand what VPNs are, and you've, you, then you've probably heard of NordVPN, the best VPN, definitely not a honeypot. Like, there's literally zero chance that it's FBI owned or funded. De- zero chance of that. Um, so they've decided to open source. What does their- have? G- what does Zero Linux have to do with it? You said zero. Well. Hopefully, zero zero Linux is also funded zero percent by the FBI. But- you know, <laughs> I don't know if there's something you got to tell us, let us know. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, NordVPN is trying to be more transparent, which, um, sure, okay. So I, I, I got to ask the question, now that NordVPN is going to like open source some of their stuff, are like would either of y'all be in well i know steve's not interested in vpn but josh like do you now trust trust nord vpn more uh no because i prefer wireguard over open vpn oh come on now come on <laughs> actually i don't even think nord's using uh, open vpn i think they're using their own vpn protocol oh yeah i definitely don't trust it <laughs> okay, so Nord said we're making these products open source as a sign of our commit commitment to transparency and accountability. That is that is a load of market speak, and it, but it is quite frankly, a, it's a it's a heap of shit. That's what it, it is, is like the most accurate market speech off of a Nord VPN ad that I've ever seen <laughs> right there. But you know, at the same time, that doesn't mean that I'm going to sign up for Nord VPN. 
Yeah. <laughs> God. I, I, I genuinely, like, I, I've, I just saw this and I was like, all right, we have to talk about it. Cause there's, there, if there's one VPN company that I truly believe is a honeypot and ran by a government agency, it's NordVPN. Like, it's uh, definitely, definitely 100%. NordVPN. Cause so, you know, they're the ones that are like paying YouTubers to advertise that the, you know, you install the NordVPN and suddenly you're secure and private from every website ever. Yeah. When in yeah. reality, you're only secure from where you are. To where the VPN is hosted, and that's it. <laughs> and Surfshark is also pretty bad, Clay. You got that right, but at the same time, uh, all VPNs, all VPN ads, just take them all with a grain of salt. They're not, they're not as private as they actually claim to be. Even, even Mulvad. Yeah, Mulvad, private internet access, like it doesn't matter. They're, they're all, they're all stealing your shit. Like if we're being honest, or at least documenting it, like. I guess people don't understand, like, laws and regulations, like, where these places are ran. Essentially, unless your VPN is ran off an island in the middle of bumfuck nowhere, it, they're keeping records. Like, it's, it's how it works. It's just, it's just how it works. Um, you said keeping records. Uh, vinyl records? Yes. Yes, yes. vinyl records. Yes. Oh, I mean, like that's the best way of storing information. Oh, wait, hold on. You guys don't have you. You guys don't use records for your ISOs. Where do you reliably oh, host uh, them? We use we. Uh, me have big collection record. Big Good. big disc black disc. Well, I would like one with zero G on it. Uh, you know, as quickly well, as you can send you know, it my way. <laughs> I still have a bunch of floppy disks with Slackware three. Why? <laughs> Why? We are welcome to the 21st century, boss. Because I paid seventeen dollars for it back in like uh, 2007 or something like that. And and what about that seventeen dollars? Air marks it for never getting put in the trash bin. <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh... no. But on a serious note, you're right. Uh, VPNs they keep records even if you if they tell you that uh, no, we don't, and uh, we don't track you. We don't. No, don't uh, for. For them to say that, to have a reason to say that, that means they are doing. It. Yeah. Well, of course. Like, I guess just some people don't understand yeah. the idea of a honeypot. Like, they like the, the idea. Only VP, the only VPN I will actually take any privacy. I'll I'll take any privacy features with seriously is Mulvad, and that's just because you can write your account number on on an envelope and send them cash. Yep. Yep. <laughs> that's the only one I trust for that reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I uh, uh, when I was in Dubai, I had no choice but to use a VPN mm-hmm. or a, yeah. We used to call them the proxy breakers because over there they blocked, uh, they controlled the the media yeah. and uh, the newspapers and stuff like that. They didn't. They only wanted you to to get informed through their controlled media. Yeah. So any outside sources, kind of like China, but not on that massive scale. Yeah. Still, uh, you can access uh, pirate sites, porn sites, uh, other news outlets. Uh, So we had to use VPNs for that. But back in the day, back in the 90s, we never called them VPNs. We just called them anti-proxy. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's uh, that's quite frankly what they are. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But... uh, the, the, but the, you notice virtual immediately private like the private part there like yeah it sells the product exactly. so much better 
<laughs> yeah, private is not really private. They keep your data. They sell it whenever they they want without even letting you know. Uh, all that. Uh, that's why uh, now, because I used to work three uh, like a few years ago. I I worked there for three years. We tried to use uh, VPNs, but the government banned the use of VPN. Yeah. If you try to use a VPN, as soon as it's detected, you, your internet uh, account uh, gets a flag. That's when you spin uh, up a VPS and uh, you know just SSH tunnel everything. Basically, make a D- make your own uh, VPN over port 22. That's what that's one way of doing it, but <laughs> that's the long way of doing it, the Josh way of doing it. But <laughs> still, uh, it's annoying because a lot of people in the Emirates wanted to uh, watch content on Netflix. Uh, that that was outside the UAE because in UAE is one of those countries where they uh, where they uh, had sp- uh, movies made specifically for them with uh, love scenes cut out, with yeah. kissing scenes oh, cut out, with a live uh, update instead of article, uh, instead way. of uh, blurring or any of that. God forbid they just so and if a movie was an hour and forty eight minutes, you end up watching fifty nine minutes. A movie long, yeah. uh, 59 minutes long. Yeah, they gotta I'm they like, gotta censor uh, all the all of the disturbing scenes, like you know, characters kissing. So exactly, yeah. and oh, people man. wanted access to the full, unedited version, uh, uncensored version, and whatnot. Uh, they needed a VPN, but now they ban VPNs because the, the UAE yeah. the mo- most the VPNs were mostly used on routers because in the UAE uh, to make a FaceTime call you had to pay. Uh, around 15 extra bucks on your cell, uh, cell phone uh, carrier or whatever uh, to make a WhatsApp call, it's 25 bucks. Yeah, extra. I mean that's what VPNs so, were always for: is getting around legislation in your area. That was bullshit. So yeah, but boy, do they have a lot of data on everyone. Boy, do they have a lot of data on everyone. Well, because everyone is using them. Yep. Yeah. Well, all right, so let's go on to the uh, contact information, then we'll move on to the next round of articles. Um, So let me try to do this without completely butchering it. So if you would like to contact us, here's where you can go to do it. Uh, First thing that you probably want to do is go over to subscribe uh, to, uh, you know, Matt's channel, like let's get that that out of the way. So you can go Project over Zomboid. go over to the Linuxcast.org website. Project Zomboid. No, stop talking about Project Zomboid. Stop. <laughs> okay. So go over, you can subscribe, uh, and you can also check out Matt's website and it has all of these links and everything over there. But make sure you know, go to the Linuxcast channel, subscribe to Matt's actual channel to get the rest of these podcasts and stuff. Uh, you can also go over and hit him up on Patreon at patreon.com slash the Linuxcast. Uh, also subscribe. Uh, again, already talked about that. You can also subscribe here because who knows, may, might, might be doing this in the future. Have no idea. Um, and, uh, you can also subscribe to Josh's channel, uh, and check out his website at tinleyj.com slash stalker. Perfect URL. Beautiful. Uh, you can also check out Steve's channel. A link to that will be in the description. Uh, and you can also 
email us at email athleticscast.org. Um, Matt will get that. Uh, I will not. Um, and then you can also check us, check us out, uh, and contact us through the linuxcast.org slash contact page as well. Um, also don't forget we do have a merch store as well. Um, I don't think it's down in the description, but I'm pretty sure you can find that over at the linuxcast.org. So if you want to pick up, you know, shirts with Matt's logo on it or my mean face on the back of it. You can do that. Um, and yeah, I'm the only so, one here without merch. Well, it's probably a good thing. Cause like, I gotta be honest, I checked on our Teespring and it's been a year since I did that. And so I was like, Oh, I'm sure we'll have an order. We didn't the last time I checked, which is probably like gotta a week start or two plugging ago. It. I, well, that's the thing. We do such a terrible job of plugging it. Most people <laughs> don't even know it exists. So Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so uh, we've covered the contact page, and I guess we'll get back into the articles, and I guess I'll let Steve kick us off with the next article. The next article. This time I have it up, and it's front of me. Uh, Wine 8.4 released with the early Wayland graphics driver code, 51 bucks. Finally, Wine is getting some, uh, is giving love to Wayland. Not that angry, but uh, for now. Yeah. People don't get angry at me for now. I'm still, me, I, I'm going to say one thing before I start talking about the, 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 the this article. Uh, I talked about it on my podcast, but I need to get it out there. Because Matt keeps complaining. And sometimes me being K, KDE super simp, uh, sometimes I don't understand. Okay. KDE, I agree with uh, everybody that says KDE is full of bugs. Yes, I do agree. KDE has bugs. Oh, boy. I know. Uh, but if you're patient enough, you remember that bug I kept tell telling you about many episodes, uh, for multiple episodes that uh, I get when whenever watching videos, something happens, it stutters for a second, and then it goes back yeah. to normal? Well, I thought it was at some point, I started thinking it was something wrong with my hardware, but... Finally, it got addressed. It was an issue with the AMD U code in the kernel. So AMD sent a last-minute patch to uh, the kernel 6.2.6 where they fixed it. So uh, it wasn't me. So be patient with KDE. Be patient with everything. With enough patience, everything will fix itself. That being said, uh, uh, Wine uh, getting uh, support... Uh, or initial uh, support for Wayland, that's a huge step forward, especially for gamers. Uh, for me, uh, that means the Steam Deck will at some point uh, integrate Wayland once Wine gets uh, more stable on the Wayland side. But what the article says uh, is uh, the, the Wine Wayland DRV is, is uh, already in the code. But unfortunately, this article is very, uh, it's very short. It's on a diet <laughs> because that's all it says, basically, <laughs> that the Wayland driver is already inside Wine, but not activated. So uh, uh, isn't yet ready for end users or gamers, but is an early at an early stage work in progress. It will take some time still before this native Wayland support is ready to compl complement the X Wayland support. Well, X Wayland is like running Xorg inside Wayland. Yeah. So, well, and it's like emulating Xorg. Just so we're clear, the uh, 
the Steam Deck does actually use Wayland. Um, it, it uses most, uh, pretty much all of the games are ran through, no, not pretty much all, all of the games are ran through Gamescope, which is actually a Wayland compositor. So, this... Wait, 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 go back, go back a second. You're telling me the Steam Deck is running on Wayland? Yes. 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 But, 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 but they were running on Pulse Audio. Yeah. Yes. You can use Pulse Audio with right. Wayland. Yeah. That said, uh, the only reason why Pipewire is used on Wayland is purely for video. Mm-hmm. For video or and using it, using it on OBS. Yeah. Basically. That that's that's why mm. you keep hearing about Pipewire and Wayland. Plus, uh, Pulse Audio doesn't have like actual native support for record recording desktop applications on on Wayland as well because of the Wayland protocols. So that's so that's why the pipe that's why uh, mm. there's a pap- Pipewire backend used by Pulse Audio. So you've actually always had Pipewire on on the Steam Deck, all right? Yeah, I noticed it. Uh, yeah, when it's I just that now they lost all my settings. Yeah, it's just now that they're actually using it by, uh, by default. So they have they have both Pulse and Wayland uh, and uh, the Pipewire. Yes, yeah. uh, they've been using so because I since I got it, when, they've been using Pulse dash Pipewire uh, for certain yeah. stuff. I'm not, I don't think they're. I using just Pulse noticed for it. Uh, yeah. When when they updated and broke all my settings. Yeah, if you type in, uh, if you open up a terminal and just type in PACTL info, it will tell you what backend you're actually using. Yeah, uh, but I noticed that during the update, after it broke my stuff, uh, it said Pulse Pipewire. And I was like, all this time I was telling people that uh, uh, the Steam Deck is not using Wayland because it's using Pulse Audio. I was wrong. Now, when I you like, when oh, you okay. enter desktop mode on uh, the Steam Deck, you're actually using Xorg. I actually don't think you're actually using Wayland on desktop. Yes, mode. yes. It, the desktop mode, I'm, I'm 99.9% sure loads up using X. I believe you can switch it over to Wayland. Um, I don't but know it's how, also KD but, on oh. Wayland, which is something else, right? Yeah, now. But, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But it's functional. <laughs> yes, it is functional, but it's you not. Can, you can. I I wouldn't say that's. You can stage switch, of but how can you switch if you don't see the lock screen when you log out? It takes you to the Steam UI. Uh, there, yeah. Well, you can. Okay, you can do it. I I'm pretty sure. I don't know the steps, but it's not going to be logging out, switching it at the login manager, going back in. I think you have to edit config files so that when you yeah, load you up the desktop config. mode. It, instead of pulls, instead of loading up with Xorg, because I mean, essentially, when you're switching from the Steam UI mode to the desktop mode, uh, it's it's like it's using the same like type of configs that a login manager would use. So it's it's doing the work of a login manager behind the scenes, and then you get hit with the desktop mode. So I'm pretty oh, sure okay. you just added. So if configs. I edit. Yeah, I need to edit the 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 SDDM config or whatever. Yeah, whatever. I, I don't. Again, I'm I, I don't think they're actually using a login manager, but they essentially have their, you know, minimal, not really login manager, but oh, is a okay, login. okay, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, I'll have to edit the config of that. Yes, and to, then you can get to... it. I I, I know oh, okay. I've seen some people talk about it because I've I've read about people switching over the desktop mode to Wayland. So I wasn't wrong by telling people on the desktop mode it wasn't using Wayland. No, you're not wrong. It 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 should be running X. But when you load up a game, I I pretty sure even in the desktop mode, uh, the way Steam is configured, it tries to load up every game still through using GameScope, which GameScope is a Wayland yeah, of course, compositor. because to get the overlay and yeah. everything. Yeah. In. Well, all right. So, uh, yeah. So back to this article. I still think this is a big deal for everyone who is using Wayland on the desktop or 
It is definitely Forcing. a big deal because as somebody that's been tracking Wayland progress for a very long time, Wayland is actually a lot more efficient than Xorg. Uh, simply because, you know, Wayland's not actually running like a full display stack in the background on your system. So as a result, you're getting improved battery performance you're at, and uh, you will actually get better GPU performance because the GPU is actually doing well, less on Well, Wayland. there was one report. Sorry to cut you off, Josh, but there was one report on my server where someone switched to Wayland and ran a game on Wayland. He noticed that anti-aliasing was not all that great on. Well, Wayland. let me let me get to that. I was I was actually just getting to it. that. That said, uh, a lot of GPU drivers, especially like the AMD and Intel drivers specifically, Intel seems to actually work a little bit better than AMD in this regard. But the drive, but the actual driver stack for Wayland is still not nearly as mature on Xorg. Uh, that said, specifically for stuff like uh, anti-aliasing, there's a difference in the way of how. Wayland translates anti-aliasing than Xorg does, and uh, that that's actually part of the reason why. Yeah. So and yes, yes, there are still some pain points, especially when you know it comes to like your video games looking looking great and amazing on a uh, Wayland compared compared to Xorg. But how do they do it on the Steam Deck? How do they make them look so good? Uh, because uh, your games are being ran through X Wayland. That's why they're not Wayland native. Uh, oh, not. Okay. Yes, no. Well, some Tech, games are Wayland native, yeah. yeah. You and also the the big thing about the uh, the Steam Deck is their driver stack that that we're complaining about is much better than any other regular. Oh, yeah, uh, they they're using they're using their own implementation of the Mesa exactly. of the Mesa driver, yeah, using and it has already reached their repositories. Twenty three dot one reached their repositories, and it's not even on Arch yet. Yeah, they have. That that's that's kind of why the Steam Deck's not a great comparison because they're they're essentially cheating compared to the rest of like Wayland Gaming like world because they have their they have their own driver implementation that's it's just more fine tuned for what they're doing. Um, yeah, because it's a device that does one that was created for one thing and one thing only yeah. with one target. Whereas on the and the on the more broader broader scale, it's it's supposed to do a million different other things at the same time yep. so yeah i would i would see why it's so much better on the steam deck yeah. but uh all, all 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 that but the battery is still to me abysmal on the steam deck uh to, to, yes to but say the least. At, yes but at the same time it's really hard really hard to stuff a battery in a device like that that's yeah, running a lit, a legitimate, like, yeah, t technically it's a laptop processor, but not really. It is a beefed up laptop processor. And it's just, it's difficult. I could literally, I, and the funny part is, I could literally watch the battery go down. Yeah. Yeah. While I'm playing, uh, I could watch said, it. Thick down. It's also with, like, game optimizations, because, you know, uh, PC games are not actually optimized for efficiency yeah, like correct. they are on correct. consoles. They're, they're, it's doing double the work. Yeah. It's do yeah. pulling double duty. Yeah. So it's so, it's running the game, it's converting the code, it's... And, and the fact that you can get... Pulling double, double duty. Really, in all honesty, like, you do have to give it to them. The fact that you can run Cyberpunk on that device with decent settings and get two plus hours like you probably won't get three but you can get two plus you can hours. get better you can get more you can get more you can get up to five to six hours playing the the cyberpunk if you play it uh via uh remote like render yeah. it on your pc yes. and 
via and, streaming. And that's that would give you a lot more hours yeah. playing Cyberpunk. And the 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 cool part about that is in a lot of use cases, that's how people are going to end up using the deck. Because you're gonna you're you're already gonna have your big desktop computer somewhere in the house. But if you want to yeah. play that game that you would play sitting at the de- at the computer on the couch, you know where you you know you can have the converse like the random Honestly. conversations with your family, you're going to get way more battery life out of it, and it's probably going to be a uh, a more useful use case. Uh, yeah, and especially with uh, uh, if you want to run games directly on the Steam Deck, the Steam Deck is beautiful. Or in 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 uh, Tyler's words, sexy. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, when you play indie title, ooh, and and it, emulation. Really, in all honesty, it's, it's built for that. It, it's built for that. Even if you want to play AAA games, it is the the great part about the Steam Deck is a short like. If you want to play a AAA game and you know you're close to beating it or you just want to get into it and you got a short flight, man, the Steam Deck is lit. Like it is awesome because if you've got a short flight, you can get in. The battery most likely will not die before you land, and you can you can have a nice like. AAA I'm gonna be game. testing it. I'm gonna be testing it because my flight is an hour and a half. Oh, perfect, uh, perfect. Yeah, you could definitely you could definitely fit in a nice AAA gaming experience on that flight, no problem. Yeah, but I'm I'm uh, and uh, so everybody knows uh, I'm gonna be joining the Project Zomboid team uh, soon as soon as we get off this call because it just finished downloading and uh, it was only two gigs. Yeah, I thought it was bigger than that. No, no, it's a super small game. It's great. Well, right. Yeah, I'm gonna be installing it via GOG installer because I got it as a GOG dev game because it's still in development. If nobody knows, yes. uh, that's uh, actually development. Actually, we're gonna pivot and we're gonna talk about that for a second because again, we're gonna make this longer and we've only been going for less than an hour, so we got time for <laughs> tangents, boys. So, uh, speaking of projects on boy, actually, I believe it was Josh that made the argument. He took a look at Uh-oh, it. Oh, I tickled the beast. Yeah, I woke yeah. the beast. So he took a look at Project Zomboid and said he was not interested because it was early access. Which no, 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 exactly. no. Early access does not mean it's not good. Exactly, it doesn't well, matter to me that I've not been good. I've been playing I've been playing Wreckfest since the day it started. Uh, they released it as a early early alpha. Well, hold, hold on. So the point of early access is for games that are not finished. And that are currently under active development and change frequently. Like a game that, like Apex Legends, should not be early access. Because all you're going to do is be adding more content to the game. That's all you're doing. DLC. Exactly. So they should, they should launch them as DLC. Exactly. Or, or just consistently update the game. Like that is, that is not a use case for early access. Early access means active development and where the changes that you're going to be making literally change the gameplay itself. And uh, yeah, a good example fine. of that is, like I think it was like six months ago, Project Zomboid did their animations update where they overhauled a lot of the animations and the actual difficulty of the game got way harder. So everything about like the early access argument with Project Zomboid I don't get because it's one of the few games in early access 
for one that isn't doesn't denigrate the name early access because it's not just a shit game and then two also it's literally exactly what early access was originally designed for it's a game that you can play and you can have a lot of fun with but also is under active development like essentially if you won't play project zomboid because it's early access you should not ever touch zero ad because that bitch is still an alpha and it is i mean it's been an alpha for like what 20 years yeah (laughs) it's and that game's great yeah but when i my uh, big complaint about like early access is that there are some games that are like ten plus years old that are still early access and they haven't updated in like Eve three Online? or four years. Eve Online, yeah, Eve Online is actually one of them. But even though uh, I don't buy Eve Online through Steam, I, I buy it fr- from the proper channels. Well, I haven't. <laughs> I've literally well, never played Eve uh, Online, but I have heard of it a lot. I've heard a case lot of in point. Case in point, Diablo Four, the uh, beta. It's still in development, in active development. It won't be ready until summer, but. They're uh, they're using it for uh, in the correct terms, uh, uh, developer beta or whatever they're calling it. Uh, same thing with uh, Wreckfest. I've been playing it since its alpha days, and it was constantly uh, 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 being uh, developed. But like Tyler said, Wreckfest was not really uh, uh, in development. It was more adding content throughout its uh, alpha, beta, and gamma, whatever you call it, days, uh, uh, until it got released. It was they were constantly adding cars, tracks, yeah. uh, stuff like that, but they were not developing it. Yeah, uh, they were just adding content, so they were not using the the correct terminology because it was. Uh, on Steam, it said early access. Now, get, uh, uh, now I will go ahead and give the devil his due on Josh's argument. Um, no matter what, if the game is still in is still in development, I don't think a game should go early access. Period anymore, just because early access itself holds a very bad stigma, like very bad. Early access is like you are going. It's like giving you first dibs before it goes well, online. Yeah, well, really, my my argument stems from the fact nowadays, no matter what, there's so many shit early access games. Like oh, you, yeah, you honestly yeah. get surprised. Like if you find an early access game and like it's got a demo, or you end up buying it and it's good, you're surprised, which is yeah. not a good thing. Like I, so, in Josh's defense, I don't think Project Zomboid should be an early access game just because of what early access has become now in yeah. project zomboy's defense it is a very good early access game and it's also meant for early access but still yeah and i got it and 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 uh, i have good news uh i got it legit i just need to install galaxy to be able to access uh online stuff but uh, i got it legit for free yes uh why it, wait hold on is it still because available? it's an active development is it still available for free through GOG. Well, uh, well, here's the here's the thing. No, okay. uh, the copy I got is it says it's four months old. Ah, gotcha, gotcha. So that one is when they stopped giving it for free. Ah, uh, gotcha. So four months ago they pulled the plug, and now it's uh, you have to buy it. But 
the I got an older version that's legit, but it's four months old, so I won't have access to the latest update. Yeah, I can't update it. Might also make it more difficult to play multiplayer. Uh, not sure. Yeah, but. and and it, 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 it I cannot update it. Uh, the guy over there, uh, I have a friend who has internal access and stuff like that, you know, uh, that kind of thing. He was like, I have a copy uh, of uh, Project Zomboid, but it's four months old. This is the last one they, uh, that was available for free. Uh, you won't have access to the latest, greatest and uh, whatever. I was like, it's fine. I just want to test it. I just uh, I want to see what my friend Zany is all uh, is on about. Uh, so... It's okay. Uh, I'm going to be playing it alone by myself anyway. I'm not a multi multiplayer gamer. Uh, well, the so solo experience. Well, let's see how it goes. You're going to have fun. But as if you, if it's like you said, it's an it's a. I need something. Uh, I realized this thing about myself lately. I don't play uh, games that are uh, that have action, a lot of action anymore. I like rela- sit back and relax kind of game. Okay, you told me this is a frustrating game because the game literally starts by telling you this is how you died. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I saw it on your stream. I was like, what kind of game starts like that? Uh, so, uh, okay, I don't have a problem in dying in this kind of game because I saw it's isometric perspective type of view. So it's kind of relaxing. You can go into a house. You can plumage uh, in the house, and you can spend hours in the house without being attacked or attacking anyone. Yeah. So to me, it's it, it's a bit of both. It's a little bit of action when you go out to survive, but you go back to a house, you close all the doors, you're good, you're relaxed. Yep. You can do you some can base building and enjoy and discover. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, yeah, okay, that's, I'll give it a go. That's what I really enjoy about the game. It's got a balance of both worlds. You've got you've got yeah. you've got your. So if you leave the house. This is when you want the action to happen. You want to get frustrated. You want to die. You want to restart. But I have a question for you, Mr. Project Zomboid. Uh, when you die, what kind of death is it? Uh, do, you have, do you restart everything? Do you lose everything? Uh, I what assume type that you lose everything because zombies eat you. Yes. So what? Like what happens? This is. It's a very really interesting game. So like your your map creation is separate from your character creation. So you can load up a world, create create like a game instance with a world, and so you have a start date in the world, and so you can go in and survive. Like let's say you survive in game for six months, then you get bitten and you slowly die in turn. Or you just get overwhelmed and eaten by a horde. Like, what's going to happen? Your character screams, like, you know, like, dies. And then they'll turn back into a zombie. And you're given an option of quitting. And you can go back and just overwrite that save or delete the save, whatever. And create a whole new world and a new character. Or it'll also give you an option to just create a new character. And so you can create a new character with different traits, whatever. And you can go back into that same world that you've already been in for forever. And you can start over fresh again. You'll be later in the world. So, like, it'll be later after the apocalypse and everything. Uh, but you can actually go back with that new character to where your old character died. And you'll see the zombified version of you. You can beat the shit out of them and take back all of your old gear that you oh. had on. So. Oh, okay, okay. That's an interesting that that's an interesting way of doing things. Yeah, it, it's so actually you really either cool. start over from scratch, 
or you can build a new character but pick up uh, uh, pick up where your old character uh, and kill your old character because he's a zombie. Yeah. Now, I mean, again, okay. like it's not it's easier said than done because you're again going to be starting off as a completely new character with you're going to have negative traits, so you're going to have to like let's say you're a smoker, you're going to have to find more cigs, a lighter, you're going to have to you have to you know get equipped to go back into the area because if you died earlier unless you died somewhere super safe out of starvation or whatever you're gonna have to go there kill the horde that killed you or whatever and then be able to get your old body and get everything back so yeah but you have okay 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 you wow that's interesting that's 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 i've never seen that in a game before it's, because yesterday last night i was playing dead cells and what's interesting about dead cells, every time you respawn, it's random. The world changes. Yeah. The, uh, there's not uh, that. So you, you, are, you start off where the area looks similar to where you started the first couple of times. But as you move forward, the area has changed. It's no longer um, three doors. Now you have ledges. You got zombies. You got skeletons. And you got enemies. Uh, it's like the the world randomly regenerates so i really got frustrated with the game and stopped playing it because of that i was like my, the way i used to play games back, back uh, when i played the indie games was like okay i died multiple times in this uh, in you, this game at this area so i memorize yeah, you die so you can I, learn like yeah, yeah you die so you can learn but in this one you cannot learn you have to always unlearn what you have learned because the the world keeps randomly generating. Yeah. So I'm like, that's frustrating. And Matt warned me about that because that's the game he he played on the Steam Deck. I was like, how frustrating could it be? And yeah, I cannot play with cheats because the world is randomly generated. So that <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I give up on this game. I just want now Project Zomboid, and I want and I'm playing Wreckfest to death because. Uh, the last time I played a Destruction Derby game was in the PlayStation One day. Yeah. Destruction Derby Two. Well, all right. So we, so. we are we, we are going to need to get back to the to the topics because we have been talking about video games for like 15 minutes, and I'm <laughs> sure some people in chat are like, I thought this was going to be Linux. So which I, we'll I get, mean, we'll get but back. We're talking about games on Linux. I mean, it, can I talk about an upcoming uh, new distro that everybody should be installing right now? Sure. Well. Well, you see, apparently there are now more than dozens of OpenSUSE users. There are now hundreds. Uh, as OpenSUSE, well, Leap, OpenSUSE, yeah, OpenSUSE, OpenSUSE Leap, Leap last month has reported that they're getting 360,000 downloads in a single day. Yes, uh, and this and is your as article. a result, uh, you know, apparently people are using SUSE. People, there, are, there are geckos. Holy crap. <laughs> we got geckos. Uh, yes, mean, uh, the, only art, the only news article referencing this that I found was this super super opinionated article where it's just like uh hating a lot of it's really just like going like yeah people are using OpenSUSE because apparently they're tired of canonicals bullcrap <laughs> <laughs> well so i like, mean if we're being honest that's kind of that's the reason yeah that's the reason that's the reason for the uh for the new uh linux uh, i mean ubuntu flatback remix existence Ooh. So yeah, but uh, you know, in th this June is... 2020 or in June 2022, the number of downloads of OpenSUSE Elite skyrocketed to around 360k. Yeah, and February. it stayed consistent all the way up until last month too. 
from what I'm seeing. Uh, let's see. If we go to metrics.opensusa.org, uh, we can see that, that... That's way more than zero on limit. February 27th, 360,000 downloads. So, yeah, it, it's insane, like, how, that the... People are actually downloading open season. Now that doesn't but say how many, that, but how many of them are sticking to yeah, it? Yeah, that it doesn't say that anything, you know. But but you know, <laughs> if you guys have never checked out Open I actually recommend that it's worth, you know, a look. Because Open actually has a very unique approach to like doing things. And uh, their installer is something else, but to, but you know, after you after you take the time to actually figure it out, you actually realize that their installer is actually pretty cool if you actually dig into it if you have patience to wait like i did when i installed open open susa leap for the first time uh, yes it's also it really, took me really six slow. hours to install it yes it, it's it is slow it took, it took me it six is. hours to install it the is entire slow. back then we had a little bit more power so it took six hours to install yes but it also oh, pulls boy. down so much stuff when it's installed yes. and small packages because the packages, it's not like pulling a package and then extracting and installing the package. No, it's downloading and extracting at the same time. Yes. Yes. And like it, <laughs> that's the one thing that people normally complain about when it comes to OpenSUSE is when you install it, it pulls down way too much stuff. But at the same, at the same time, you won't have to do that in the future. Yeah, that so. and, you know, if you actually read the output of, like, uh, the zipper command in, in Terminal, which I know that the, there is no reason to use a terminal in OpenSUSE because Yasta is a thing, but uh, if yeah. you actually take the time to actually read the output, it's actually really wordy, and it tells you exactly what's going on, too, which which is actually yeah. a thing that but a lot But, yeah, of... isn't Yast the, the Octopi <laughs> lookalike? Uh, Octopi is actually influenced by Yast. But they're very yeah, different projects. So they look alike. They look similar. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that said, uh, it, it's one of those distributions where it's just like before you like you actually look at like all the distro reviews that like talk talk about it. And honestly, like just give give it a shot if you haven't given it a shot because uh, they have a rock. Band. I have like you should give I have, it a shot. I have like yeah, they well, actually have a band. It is yeah, they not actually bad. have a band. It's pretty good. You, you can go to Sousa's YouTube channel. You can watch them make parody music videos because you know they actually know how to do advertising. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, but don't ever don't don't. I had people call call Open Sousa, Open Sus. Yeah. They 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 gave yeah. me a Band-Aid package because you know I I cut my finger while I was at Ohio Linux Fest and and uh, they had like first aid kits. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I know, right? Suza, <laughs> it's Open Suza, not Open Suzy. Yeah, there, there's a video Suza. about how to, how to pronounce Susa. <laughs> yeah, and you are the one who sent it. Yeah, and it's and it's also not it it's not as um or not. It's not, it's not like uh, the FSF telling you how to pronounce stuff. It's not in a very, you know, denigrating way. So no, it's, it's actually, a, it's an hilarious way. <laughs> I like, I like the video that, though. That said, I like the anyways, video. It, what, it's not always going to be slow. Zipper is actually sort of like DNF where it will actually self-optimize after after uh, you use it for some time, and it actually does get pretty snappy. Just remember that unlike DNF and everything else, Zipper is entirely in Python from from top to bottom on the stack. So of course it's good, and because of the way that it actually uh, downloads and extracts packages, it does take a lot longer to install a package on SUSE compared to like uh, 
a package manager you're more familiar with being like after pacman which will download the compressed binary uncompress it and then install it on your system yeah. it's but uh the way the main reason why they do it this way is because all of their packages are downloaded and installed transactionally basically more like it's much closer to like a git pull than, than it is an actual extraction and just replacing binary all right well <laughs> Uh, so I guess uh, my article is the last one, which is good. I told you guys we'd come back to gaming at some point, all right? Um, my article is about the Steam Deck now lets you transfer your games over your uh, from your PC. If we only knew how. <laughs> well, uh, supposedly it's not that difficult. Um, I believe somewhere in this article it talks about um, how to do it. Um, and it's like, essentially really all they've done is they've tried to make it, this update should make transferring your games easier as long as your, you know, Steam versions up to date and everything. I don't, I don't think you have to be on the beta. Local game transfers, which allow Steam users to transfer existing Steam games from one PC to another PC to the Steam Deck over the local area network. Doesn't that actually tell you where the option is? Well, hold on. The desktop mode uh, received several changes, blah, blah. Uh, a new U- UI for account selection, blah, blah. And a new UI that temporarily replaces the What's New section in the library when pre-purchased games are available to preload and install and play. Um, so there's been a whole bunch of UI changes. And I'm going to assume, because up here it's got it um, transferring game files in your um well, your... I will say I will, I I experienced it. Uh, number one, there is one other change. I don't know what the, if if it's mentioned in the article or not. I didn't read the article, but the the uh, you can download boot animations from the settings now. You don't need to have a custom boot uh, custom CSS loader. Uh, but uh, as to how to do it, they don't mention in the article. Article. Yeah. So uh, we need to figure that out on our own, I guess, or Google for it. I I would definitely Google for it, but I'm also going to assume it's most likely going to be under uh, properties in Steam. Let me see. Do I have Steam open? I do. So I'm going to assume it's probably going to be somewhere in properties, uh, maybe in manage. I I want to test it because I want God of War to be on the deck. Um, Let's see. Uh, local files. No, there's no transfer button there. I don't know. We'll, we'll find I think out. what you do is uh, right next to the play button, there's that little down arrow. Oh, wait, hold on. Oh, let's go back uh, up here. Might not be on Zomboid, but like on other games. Uh, well, so, Project Zomboid, I believe, is the only one I got installed right now. <laughs> yeah, but if you have another game installed, you'll have like a little drop, you'll have a green drop down arrow right next to that play button. It where you could probably just select that and you can tell it to, and uh, that does show up all other devices that you would be I, logged into Steam on. I bet you that button probably appears when my Steam Deck is on and connected to the network. I bet you, I, I bet you that would show up. Not sure, but you know, just throwing shit at the wall. One second, I am in my library. Uh, okay. I, 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 I love how that. we're trying to test this out. Live. I have to. I have to configure Debian on this laptop to. Uh, enable uh package repositories for uh 32 bit so give me just a second here pseudo d package architecture i386 
Someone in chat said uh, there's a support page for it that says how, and I'm sure there is. There probably uh, is, because you know it's Steam. Yeah, and we can also... Uh, I'm, I'm going through the uh, client update. Uh, local network, yep. Here we go. Uh, so active local game page. How it works. Before you start download uh, or update a game on Steam, Steam will first check if there's... a if there are other PCs running the Steam uh, running Steam on your LAN, that could transfer it to directly. Uh, if a potential PC is found, your client will ask the Steam backend server to contact the other PC's Steam client and start a game file transfer. If the local network transfers are enabled and possible, if the game yeah, so it's got a full guide here. I'll go ahead and I'll just I'll just post this in uh, our chat just in case anyone wants that it'll be there in chat and yeah so we've covered all of the articles and stuff and we're below an hour and 30 which is wild um did not expect that so let's well, go because, ahead you know we didn't have matt to uh sit there and complain about the like some kde application for the kde article yeah, that is true. That is true. But hey, I mean, we still went all off the wagon talking about Gaben and stuff, and we were fine. Very surprised. So I guess we'll go ahead and talk about our thingies of the week, and uh, we'll wrap up with, I guess, saying um, I'm sure that there's going to be a few Project Zomboid streams at some point uh, here in the next like little bit. So if anyone wants to catch those, you can. I'll probably be streaming it uh, as long as my family doesn't demand board game time today fingers crossed no <laughs> so uh i guess i'll go off with uh my thingy of the week then we'll go steve and josh we'll go counterclockwise yeah all right so uh mine will be uh pantheon uh, i'm kind of really enjoying the desktop environment i like it it's definitely not for everybody but uh if you want something that's polished and just looks good out of the gate and has a simple light and dark mode with accent theming you're, if that's all the customization you want, you're probably going to really enjoy it. Uh, it's nice. It's a nice desktop environment. And, uh, yeah, so on to you, Steve. What's your thingy of the week? My thingy of the week. Sorry, I'm uh, trying to download the God of War on the Steam Deck, see if it's going to copy it, but it doesn't seem like it's doing it. So it's downloading through So, anyway, my thingy of the week is Amethyst. And... Uh, Hold on to your horses, boys and girls. We're going to have us a little uh, session of uh, of laughter. Uh, because if you pull up, uh, let's say, my, uh, you go to my forums if you can. Uh, I'll send you I'll send you the link via DM because Bye. you have to show this screenshot. You have to. Uh, I went through a lot. To, to, I ran it on my system to do that. So, uh, where are you, Zany? I'm going to send it to you. Okay, is, if you can it. pull it up. Um, and the first screenshot. And show the first screenshot. And I'm going to read it. Because that's going to put a, la a smile on everybody's face. Successfully upgraded repo packages. I don't know how you pronounce this. Scoot not find the remote packages for Wib32 Wibweb. 
<laughs> Whoa, wham. So, you have an installed. Yes, so. Has installed it's got it's an AUR helper for the people who don't know what it is it's an it's another yet another AUR helper but this one's got a personality you can turn on or off it's called the uwu personality <laughs> and for people who don't know what uwu personality just uh, go on YouTube and search for OWO what's this this video is amazing it's ex- it, she reads a whole article in uwu mode it cracked me up I couldn't understand a thing from the output in terminal because this thing replaces the L's, the R's, and almost everything with a W. So it's going to be very hard to read. No upgrades available for install AUL package. Yes, it gives <laughs> it essentially gives your desktop a lisp, which is... Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> it appears that at least one program you have installed <laughs> upgraded has installed a pack new config These are created when you have modified programs, configurations, and package upgrade. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> you want to enjoy your system? Install that and enjoy because it 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 replaces Pac-Man and AUR. It's one command for both. It's like running Paru or Yay, basically. Uh, and it runs with the same flags. You ha- you can it has a config file where you can turn on or off this uwu personality. It's it's better done by women because. Let's be honest. Uh, it's not for men to be <laughs> to be like that. But it's got a lot of a few settings, not a lot. But you you have to do it via configuration file. But this personality thing, this twist, just got me rolling on the floor from laughter because I couldn't read for the life of me what's going on. And 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 there's only one caveat to it. I don't know how to get rid of it. I even messaged the, the the developer. I don't know if he got my message, but if he can get rid of this, every, because naturally in Arch, Pac-Man creates a backup called pack.packnew. It adds pack-new. Every time you run Amethyst, it asks you, do you want do you want me to show you pack-diff between the old and the new? I'm like, stop with that. This is what Arch does naturally. So every time I want to update my system, I need to see that and answer no. There's no way to turn it off. So, but other than that, it's hilarious. It, uh, but it gets old really fast, uh, like everything these days. Uh, but for a while, run it. I recommend everyone to run it for a little while if they if they were they went uh, they had a bad day, and they want to relax on their computer and have a uh, have a laugh and forget all the hardships that happened throughout that day or difficulties. Just look at the terminal output while enabling the uwu mode and dude i promise you, you you're gonna forget everything bad that happened throughout that day it's so good that's a good advertisement it's like for it. just whisk away your yeah, day's well, problems yeah it's yeah it solves the the, the day's problem doesn't solve them it just makes you forget them for a short period of time and like i said earlier it will get old with time so it's not something you're going to be using for like ever 
uh, it's something you're going to use for a short period of time, but do use it for that short period of time because it's it's super funny. It's super funny. I it's it's something to use. So yeah. Awesome. Well, Josh, <laughs> what about your thingy of the week? Uh, my thing is not nearly as fun, but it's I would actually argue that it's actually more useful. It's called Junction. It's an application chooser. So basically, base and it's no very gnome specific, of course. But anyways, uh, say that you install like your favorite text editor, like VS Code, that sets itself as the default for literally everything from opening files and everything. Well, what this application does is every time you try to open up a file or, you know, click a link that's going to try to open up like a web page or something, it's going to pop, pull up a menu that will actually display all of your different web browsers. So that way, you know, you're not always accidentally opening things in Firefox when you actually mean to be opening them up in Chrome. Uh, instead, it'll just give you an option to pick from. It's like, do, where do you want to open this? And it will actually persist afterwards. So that way, if you would click that same link or open up that same program in the future, it will just automatically default to what you previously picked. And uh, you can, yeah, and you can pull up the app, the Junction application itself, and you can actually reset these permissions as well. It's actually one of those programs that, like, if you use GNOME. It's prob it's actually probably not a bad idea to have this installed because you know GNOME and uh, default applications can be a little tricky sometimes. No. Yeah. And I'm sorry, boys. Everyone who's been listening to the stream have been hearing my uh, uh, elementary OS notifications. Sorry, I just turned on Do Not Disturb. Didn't realize there's probably been like four throughout this entire stream. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> but yeah, so this looks neat. I I, I like that. That is. I'm surprised that Gnome doesn't just have this already. It does, and it doesn't. It's actually really, really stupid how Gnome does it. Because uh, what you have to do is you actually have to right-click and select the Open With dialog in Gnome. No, this is this this just seems better over. Like they should just they should just integrate this into Gnome. Uh, but this is one expecting of those Gnome is a lot like. Uh, gradients where it's just like uh, you know gradients should ship with gnome now too <laughs> yeah <laughs> expecting gnome to integrate you know reasonable things that you know almost like every user would benefit from no no give them six years then they'll do it <laughs> but all right I, I we have actually successfully done the podcast uh, that's wild so yeah um I guess we'll go ahead and close it off here. Uh, thank everyone for thank you everyone for being here. Uh, thanks to all of Matt's patrons who make these these streams possible. Um, I would throw up a screen for it, but I I could have asked Matt for that, but I didn't think about it. Um, it was a mad dash getting set up because I definitely didn't sleep for twelve hours straight before this podcast. It definitely was not a thing. But yeah, so thanks everyone for being here. Uh, don't forget to go over and check out you know Matt's website and his channel uh, if you're not for whatever reason already subscribed to him. Um, yeah, uh, I, I think we're gonna end it off here. Uh, thanks everyone for being here. All right. Thank you guys. Bye everybody.